At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Attorney General Merrick Garland has hijacked the Department of Justice. No longer is it dedicated to upholding the law as it brags on its DOJ website. No, under Garland's shady leadership, the once premier department has devolved into a corrupt political machine that targets adversaries and protects partisan allies. The attorney general's latest political attack is directed squarely at Joe Biden's nemesis, Donald Trump. Biden insists he's running for re-election despite his chronic incompetence, alarming senility, and abysmal poll numbers. Maybe Joe will run a weekend at Bernie's style campaign, with aides propping him up to present the illusion that he's got a pulse. But Garland is taking no chances. He's moving aggressively and shamelessly to knock out his boss's expected opponent in the 2024 presidential race, the evil orange man who currently resides at the posh Mar-a-Lago compound in Palm Beach, Florida. There, a battalion of FBI agents, backed by a phalanx of tactical support, guys with bulging vests and big guns, descended on Trump's home in the dark of the night. They spent 10 hours ransacking the joint and snooping around Melania's closet. No one was allowed to watch as they turned the place upside down. The former president's lawyers were banished to the sweltering heat outdoors. In his five-minute news conference four days later, an indignant Merrick Garland bragged that it was all done on his orders. And then he launched into a pathetic defense of his actions that stands as a one-man monument to hubris and guile. While wrapping himself in the cloak of victimhood, Garland exhibited about as much rectitude as the late conman, Bernie. Attorney, Fox News legal analyst, and two-time New York Times bestselling author. This is The Brief with Greg Jarrett. Billionaire investor Michael Pinto has a warning for you. Don't listen to anyone who tells you how bad the crash will be and when it exactly will happen. Nobody knows. But the CEO of Wells Fargo warns the worst is yet to come for Americans. Pay attention to the economic data. Inflation is at a 40-year high. And make no mistake about it, the recession is real no matter how the White House tries to change the definition. That's why Bloomberg, Goldman Sachs, and Jim Cramer are all calling for gold to surge. Gold and silver have historically moved opposite the stock market and in the long term can preserve your purchasing power. Call 800-809-8500 and Lear Capital, the number one rated gold company, will present 
the same trusted options they have been giving successful investors since 1997. At Lear Capital, most IRA rollovers qualify for no IRA fees for up to five years. Their current incentive offers up to $15,000 in bonus silver for well-qualified new customers. A three-minute call can protect your portfolio with the power of real physical gold. Call 800-809-8500 today. Again, that's 800-809-8500 and tell them Greg Jarrett sent you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Attorney General Merrick Garland's press gambit resembled amateur night at the local comedy club. It was laughable, only if you had a twisted sense of humor. Garland unwittingly undermined his own argument for the imperative of his Trump search warrant when he stated, quote, it is standard practice to seek less intrusive means as an alternative to a search, end of quote. All right. Did the attorney general abide by his own rules? No, he did not. He must think everybody's as dumb as he is. You'll recall that the DOJ and FBI served Trump with a less intrusive subpoena in early June. What did the president do? He complied. He turned over the requested documents. When government officials decided they wanted even more records, why didn't Garland simply issue a second subpoena? Trump's capitulation in the first instance strongly indicates he would have done it again. So why undertake a harshly invasive raid in the pre-dawn hours? Well, it makes little sense unless, unless the purpose of the warrant was something else and the warrant itself was dishonest and served on Trump merely as a pretext for the FBI to rummage through his home in the hope of seizing something, anything, that Garland could then exploit for a different objective. Is this, therefore, an investigation in search of some other crime, perhaps an imagined seditious conspiracy connected to the January 6th 2021 riots at the Capitol. Well, it sure looks like it. And if it is, then Garland's conduct is both unethical and fundamentally wrong. It constitutes an egregious abuse of power under the guise of legitimacy. Distrust of the Attorney General's motive is compounded by the method he chose in securing that warrant. Instead of soliciting the approval of a federal district court judge for an intrusion of this magnitude, Garland and his Confederates chose instead a low-level magistrate who is not a presidentially appointed or congressionally approved judge. He can more easily be snookered. An experienced jurist, mind you, would have posed challenging questions about why the government was not utilizing another subpoena. Was the magistrate, Bruce Reinhardt, deceived or misled by the FBI and the DOJ? Well, it wouldn't be the first time. During the infamous Russia hoax, an FBI lawyer altered emails to gain a federal warrant to spy 
on the Trump campaign. He doctored documents. That official, Kevin Kleinsmith, later pled guilty to a felony. The FISA court that was duped later excoriated the Bureau for its chicanery. An inspector general found that the FBI had a habit of lies, concealment, and manipulation when seeking their warrants. It's also troubling that Reinhardt, prior to his appointment as a magistrate, posted virulently anti-Trump opinions on social media. He attacked the president's moral character. Six weeks before he signed off on the Mar-a-Lago warrant, Reinhardt recused himself from a different case involving a Trump lawsuit by citing his own personal bias, his lack of impartiality. Well, why then didn't he also disqualify himself under the same federal statute when presented with the Trump warrant? Another laughable moment in Garland's press conference came when he feigned transparency by announcing that he was seeking the public release of the warrant and inventory list of materials seized. Now, you'll notice he did not ask that the most important documents of all be made public, that is, the affidavits in support of the warrant. He continues to conceal them. Those are sworn statements by FBI and DOJ officials offering the reasoning, the justification for the raid on Trump. They would also reveal whether the government withheld vital information from the magistrate or misrepresented the facts in order to secure his signature. Did they lie to Reinhardt? Trump is now demanding that the affidavits be released, but don't hold your breath. Garland is determined to hide any evidence of how the FBI and DOJ actually obtained their warrant by hook or by crook. The former president also insists that documents previously designated as classified and or top secret were actually declassified by him before he left office and that he was more than willing to convey them to the National Archives upon request. So if Garland was so concerned about America's national security being jeopardized, why did he wait so long before launching such an aggressive action to recover those records? Agents reportedly learned about the additional material two months earlier. Garland's thuggish authoritarian tactics make it clear that this is not a dispute over federal documents. After all, the Federal Records Act is a civil statute. There's no enforcement mechanism in it. Nobody can be charged criminally under that act. That inconvenient fact prevented Garland from raiding Trump's home. So what did the attorney general do? Well, he conjured up three criminal statutes that he then tossed into the warrant application. And that got him past the gate at Mar-a-Lago but it will not sell in a court of law. Because to prove a case that Trump actually stole government records, including allegedly classified documents, prosecutors would first have to establish that he misappropriated the material deliberately. 
Indeed, all three of the federal statutes cited by the DOJ and the FBI require that a person act willfully or knowingly or intentionally. These analogous terms mean exactly what they say. They describe the subjective state of mind or mental state behind an individual's actions. So to prevail, Garland and his lawyers would have to show actual knowledge by Trump of wrongdoing and that he intended to break the law. So, for example, if Trump wanted to keep records that he thought belonged to him, even if his belief was mistaken, the statutes don't necessarily apply. If he relied on staffers and lawyers to audit and inspect reams of documents shipped in boxes to Mar-a-Lago, he cannot be held vicariously culpable for the errors made by others. The above-referenced federal codes identified in the warrant are not strict liability crimes where intent or mental state are irrelevant. Just the opposite is true, as the language of the statutes plainly state. So this renders any potential criminal case against Trump problematic, if not anemic. Garland claims he's applying the law evenly, without fear or favor. That is a comical assertion from an attorney general who refused to enforce the law by arresting demonstrators who issued ugly threats outside the homes of conservative Supreme Court justices in clear violation of federal statutes. And then there was the targeting of concerned parents who dared to complain to school boards about policies with which they disagreed. Is treating them as domestic terrorists Garland's idea of sound law enforcement? In both cases, the attorney general bowed to the woke mob. If upholding the rule of law and applying it evenly is so precious to Merrick Garland, why then has there been no raid or indictment of Hunter Biden despite a trove of incriminating evidence that he ran multi-million dollar foreign influence peddling schemes by selling access to his powerful father? The attorney general is running a protection racket for his boss, President Joe Biden, and his corrupt son. Garland pretends that no one is above the law. His actions suggest otherwise. Partisan allies receive special treatment, while political opponents are persecuted and punished. Abuse of power and unequal application of the law are now the hallmarks of Garland's poisonous tenure. The raid of Trump's home that the Attorney General personally approved is the latest illustration of his dangerous paradigm. And that's The Brief. I'm Greg Jarrett. Thanks for listening.